You should know what that means already. That's the best kind of notification. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment another business dream becomes a reality. Shopify is the e-commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling succulents or stilettos, Spotify, uh, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What's incredible to me personally, Charlotte, about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash truefaith or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash truefaith to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash truefaith. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast, Newcastle Drew 2-2 at Leeds yesterday. I'm Alex, I have Ben, Kyle and Johnny with me. All four of us were in that away end, not in, quite in the sunshine because you're in the shade, but at Leeds anyway, and we're going to talk to you about what happened and why and what we think happens next. We're on Patreon, it's three to eight pounds a month. We're going to get into this one even more on Patreon and build up to two massive games in the past seven and the next seven or eight days. So come and join us on there. We also have a live end of season show with a host of top journalists at the Stand Comedy Club in Newcastle upon Tyne. That is the last, it's the day after the last game of the season, the Monday. 29th of May, I think that is. So come and join us. There's a link in the description to this podcast for tickets to that. Over 200 sold already, so you'll have to get in quick. Johnny, I'll start with you, mate. You were there. You experienced it firsthand. On Newcastle stumbling towards this Champions League finishing block, and was that a good point or not? In answer to your first question, yes, they are. They are stumbling. And I think the Arsenal game last week, we kind of forgive them because it's Arsenal. Even though we played pretty well at the start of the game, I thought we weren't brilliant after the penalty but penalty decision getting overturned but yesterday we did look like we were stumbling and we were like we're falling across line instead of sprinting across the line and I actually think that's a really good point when I look back now I think we'll talk more obviously later on in the podcast about what that actually means to the table the last three games etc etc but on the face of it that first half performance until pretty much Wilson scored was again very below average really below average and Again, a lot of these players aren't aren't used to being right at the top of the table, right at the top of the tree. It's only really been this season, and I think our experienced players have been have been so valuable for Newcastle United. But it, even even some of them yesterday had a bit of an off day, and I think we're in a situation now where we just need to refocus and reevaluate and just go right. Forget about where we are on the table and what we're doing. Just focus on the actual performance of the game because again, it was such a poor start that. After half an hour, you would have taken a point after Nick Pope saves that penalty. Yeah, I totally agree with Johnny. Like the 
the penalty, like up until the penalty, Newcastle were dreadful, and there would have been there would have been every right to say we well, deserve to be two 0 down. But Nick Pope's penalty save seems to wake up a little bit. We'll get a penalty a couple of minutes later, and we'll get back into the game. But that first half an hour was really bad. Like, I, like if we would have played like that against a better team, we would have got blown out of the water in the first half. But we managed to stay in the game. Leeds are a really poor side. The the, the atmosphere, at Ellen Road. As we talked about in the match day pod yesterday, um, throughout the day, like Ellen Road would be the like the the main thing that we were worried about was the the atmosphere. And the atmosphere was brilliant, like um, throughout, and yeah, just if it, like yeah, after half an hour, I would have definitely took a point. Like, and looking at it in hindsight, I agree with Johnny again and saying it's a really good point. Um, away from home. Ellen Road being as bouncing as it was, um, manager's first home game and get usually get the bounce from a from a new manager. Um considering how poor we played for a good what fifty minutes of that game, a point's probably a fair result in the end, uh, to be fair. Um I I feel I still feel I, I, on reflection, I still feel like it is two points dropped just because we've got ahead in the game. Um there's so little time left to say it out and the way we've We've considered that second goal is so frustrating. We we were in control. We should have got the third goal. Obviously, we get that goal disallowed from Isak. Um, and I take all your points. I think you, you, I I wouldn't argue massively that it wasn't a bad point, but I just think, um, as you say, like th- this team when we get ahead, we don't normally succumb to the mistakes that we did, especially as you say against a very poor Leeds team. I mean, they were time wasting throughout the game when they needed to win. Um, obviously, they weren't really pushing. I mean. I'm struggling to think of like what Pope's had to do second half in terms of he's, he's not had. I, I don't feel like we had to kind of undergo a barrage of like pressure or anything at the end of the game. They 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 literally had that one chance and, and get a bit lucky with it in terms of getting that equaliser. And then there's not really any pressure after that. Like Pope comes and claims a couple of high balls, but it's not like we were under loads of pressure at the end of that game. So I just think that the opportunity was there at two one to kill that game off and we had a couple of breaks where for whatever reason we, we just didn't create a great chance um, and, and now we're ruining that because that 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 is a poor Leeds team yes we didn't play our best but once you get ahead I, I expect this Newcastle team um, this season especially like they, they don't very often throw away those opportunities so um, yeah I'm, I'm still feeling like it's it's two points lost because um we, we had it, we had the game, the way, I mean, the midfield, they didn't have a midfield in the second half, Leeds. Like, all lads should have been able to to, to punish that and uh, unfortunately, we just, just weren't on the game yesterday. I disagree slightly with a couple of points. I think the game is is in stages more disappointing than it is in others. So Newcastle, I think, are okay for parts of that game. I think Newcastle are okay at 0-0. The, the goal cut, I mean, I, I appreciate it's nine minutes in, that goal comes against the run of play. I feel. I think Newcastle actually start this one okay. Then at nil one, Newcastle are absolutely dreadful, and Leeds probably should extend the lead. Very, very grateful to Nick Pope uh, for for allowing us back into it. And then at one one, Newcastle are by far the better team. They dominate the game. They, they, they don't create. Well, they don't work the goalkeeper at all. But their leads don't look like scoring at this point, and Newcastle look like themselves a bit more. And then the most disappointing part of the game comes to me at, at two one up. Because Newcastle, I, I hate to say it, possibly think the game is won. There doesn't seem to be the urgency. There doesn't seem to be the incision. 
just before Leeds' equaliser, if you look at what Newcastle do in the lead up to Leeds' equaliser, while you can tell yourself that you're unlucky because it takes a deflection off Kieran Trippier's face mm-hmm. and he doesn't move towards the ball, the ball moves towards him uh, and he stands deadly still. You can tell yourself that's unlucky, but look up, to, look at the two minutes before Leeds score that goal. Newcastle are, are are not unlucky to concede it because they make so many unforced errors mm. right up in, until Kieran Trippier instead of trying to head the ball away, trying to head the ball back to Nick Pope, very close to the goal. It, it, it's it's really really poor at two one up, and we can talk a little about about Eddie Howe and the substitutions at two one, and, and then the, the the substitutions and the. The message that gave to the rest of the team about how the rest of the game was going to go. We can talk about Anthony Gordon holding on to the ball way too long to play Alexander Isak in for what would have been a, a game-winning 3-1. And then at 2-2, Newcastle looked so shell-shocked that the end of the game was actually pretty even. When you go back to 2-1, even though leads of the team that are the ones who are supposed to be forcing the game to try and get back in, Newcastle are so dominant at 2-1 uh, that... At 1-1, sorry, that... Um, that what happens next is incredibly disappointing. And it, it's a point, and there are, there's a lot of expectation that Liverpool in particular just win the last three games of the season. I'm not so sure myself. I'm not so sure. But ultimately, you don't want to worry about Liverpool. You don't want to worry about Manchester United. We needed seven points yesterday, I think, to finish third or, or, or definitely qualify for the Champions League. That's now, that's now down to six, and it's two wins from three incredibly winnable games. Newcastle have put themselves in the dreamiest of positions in terms of what's what we've got to come. Newcastle know what they've got to do. We have two home games now in the space of four or five days. You know, Newcastle will get, I'm convinced, will get what they need. They're a very, very, very good team at home in the Premier League. They're a good team away from home in the Premier League as well. But they're playing a team in Brighton who won't have loads to play for, but they might have, a, you know, they're a good side. And they play a Leicester side who we've scored five against already this season. We could have scored ten. Uh, and who can't defend. So I'm absolutely convinced still in this team's Champions League participation next season, but I'm so disappointed in the game management. Um, I thought Newcastle were poor at 2-1, and I thought the little spell of possession Newcastle had in the corner in front of the away end at 2-1 with Trippier, Bruno, um, Gordon, Gordon possibly, yeah. was, was, just, was just nonsense. They, they, they didn't have a plan. They were just passing the ball about with nowhere to go. Um, they didn't move the ball quickly, and then all of a sudden, two minutes later, the ball's in the back of the net. And I wouldn't say we deserved it because Leeds hadn't done anything to force the game. Mm-hmm. But but our approach at two one was bizarre, and and it's annoying that I thought Newcastle were good at one one. I thought they were the better team that dominated the game, and we got worse after we scored, and that's a bit of an issue. We're going to leave it there though for for part one of the show. We're going to talk about uh, lots tactics, what happened, events in part two. Here's a couple of adverts. If you want to listen to this pod without adverts, come and join us on Patreon. It's only £3 per month to hear these free shows without a single advert in, and that includes me talking about them. Back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Johnny, uh, it is now two games with... Alexander Isak and Callum Wilson in the starting lineup. Two go, two games, zero wins, zero goals from open play. What do you make of it? I still like the idea, but as I mentioned last week, our best player is playing on the left hand side. That cannot be the case. <laughs> it cannot be the case. Isak is stronger through the middle way. He's got more space to move into and can really hurt the the defence of the opposition. And we've seen it so many times this season when he, when he picks the ball and you just think, right, the defence are, are, are going to be worried. But I just think at this moment in time, because not there's a lack of options, but there's no one screaming out and going, I, I need to be playing on that left-hand side so Isaac can be playing in the middle. I think like anyhow, has to, has to, he has to, in his mind, has to play that and this for, uh, play Isaac on the left at this moment in time because Wilson's playing so well. Let me challenge that. Come Let on, me then. challenge that. If if he has to play Isaac on the left, what does that say about Anthony Gordon, the forty-five million pound January signing, and Elsa Maximin, who before his injury plays against Man United and West Ham is, is probably the best player on the pitch. No, I take your point, but is Anthony Gordon play well enough to start games for Newcastle? No, not for me. Anthony Maximum when he's fit, like I say, he's only only really come back uh, last week, didn't he, against Arsenal. He was never he was never fit to start. So the person that you, you need back in that team is Sean Longstaff, so you can put Joe Linton on the left and then put Isaac up front. But you can't... You have, I'd, I'd be more comfortable putting ASM on the left than I am Anthony Gordon this moment in time. I think Anthony Gordon needs a good pre-season. It just seems mad, though. To me. And I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong. It just seems mad that Newcastle have got... And then let's throw Jacob Murphy, who's played predominantly right but can't play left. It just seems mad to me that... And that is, so here's, 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 here's where I am with it, but I'm going to ask you to come back in a second, Johnny. I think, I agree with you, it's nuts that our best player is played out of position and also has to play the majority of his football outside of the penalty area now for Newcastle. Callum Wilson gets two penalties yesterday, two very good penalties, but apart from that, doesn't really have a sniff. That's an issue, and I think if Alexander Reset plays through the middle, he has a sniff. I just think that Callum Wilson was banging them in when coming off the bench. So what? it's not like you lose Wilson, you lose the goals necessarily, but for Newcastle, it, when was the penalty? Does that, can anyone remember the what first minute, or second one? The, their, their pen that we saved. Uh, it was about 20 minutes in. 20, yeah. After 20 minutes, Eddie Howe has to do something. He hasn't done all season. And that's in the first half of, half of a game, completely changed the shape because Newcastle are overrun. And Newcastle can't cope with a, a very, very limited opposition. And I just think to find ourselves in that position, as much as I love Eddie Howe and as much as he gets nearly everything right, I just think, as I said on last week's podcast, it's too late in the season to 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 be testing this shit in in the in, in games of this magnitude. 
It's an unbelievable privilege to have Isak and Wilson at the club competing for the same position. Look at what it's done to Callum Wilson. As soon as he was, as soon as he was dropped for Isak, his career is reborn. He looks <laughs> like a different man. Why I, I feel, Johnny, like you've got to play. You've got to, to, to have Gordon, a forty-five million pound player, to have Alec, uh, Anson Maximin, who's blown hot and cold this season, but is a very good footballer at this level. To have those options and then to say, mm, I'm going to have to. to to, to, to move our best player out of position because those guys simply can't play and, th- and then have the result after 20 minutes of a, a game against poor opposition to have to completely change the formation. It just it just doesn't seem like him, Eddie Howe. It doesn't seem like us. And it seems to kind of go against everything we've done right this season. How many conversations have supporters had? Change the formation, play 4-2-3-1, play 4-4-2. He's never done it. He's never done it. And, and we've all been able to, to look back and think, fucking hell, we know nothing because he's right. Stick to the formation, stick to the patterns of play, stick to the tactical blueprint. And he's changing it. And I just, I haven't watched two games now against one very good team, one very bad team. I just think Newcastle are a better team with Isaac through the middle, despite Callum Wilson's brilliance. I agree that Isaac's by far stronger in the middle. But I think, I'll, 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 I'll just need to want to make a really quick point before I go back to that Isaac and Wilson debate. How many times have we spoken about in the last six weeks are that, that the start of games for Newcastle night has been so poor? And that changes had to be made. Like you had to pretty much change everything against Brentford second half. It was that bad. Villa, one of the worst games, but if probably the worst performance of the season. And that happened again yesterday. Now going back onto Isaac and Wilson, the only like we, we spoke spoke about this last week. The only alternative you could have done with the players that we had last week, and to an extent this week, was put Elliot Anderson in the midfield and push Joe Lent, uh, Put Joe. You Lent could also play Elliot Anderson top left. Yeah, you could. You could. Well, he was a, excellent against Forrester. Yeah, that is an option. But at this moment in time, I think Eddie Howe is finding it difficult not to put Callum Wilson in that team because he is in good goal-scoring form. Now, I can understand both sides of the argument. What would you do? Good question. Um, for, for Thursday, I think Brighton's a completely different kettle of fish because they are going to have a lot of possession. Like Even though Newcastle do have a lot of possession in most games, I think Brighton will have, the, will have more, more of the share of the ball on Thursday. I think you start Isaac on the left. I think you probably start Miggy on the right. And I think if Sean Longstaff's fit, you put Joe Linton on the left. Sean How, Longstaff's not fit, is he? He's not well, fit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't it know. It sounds like, yeah, the, the reports might not play if, if, Sean Long, if Sean Longstaff's not fit, on balance, I'd probably stick Alan, Alan St. Maximum. And Callum Wilson probably goes on the bench, which I just think for the, for the, for the benefit of the team... You've got to have Isaac starting in the middle, and I think you have to sacrifice Wilson, which is again bizarre to probably say that with a guy that scored 17 goals and looks likely to score 20 goals this season. But Leicester, you can kind of do what you want a little bit because I think we'll have so many chances against Leicester. But Brighton, on paper, is probably our most difficult game out of the last three because Chelsea are a bit of a mess. I think you've got to, you've got, I think you've got to have Isaac down the middle, Miggy on the right, and I think Joe Linton, uh, not Joe Linton, sorry. It, I really want Joe Linton on the left if, it, if it's yeah. long, if Sean Longstaff's available, but I don't think he will be. And if that's the case, I'd probably start Maximum because I think he can give us something. And when he, especially at home, I think he's such a threat. I think he'll thrive on it. It'll be like it'll almost be like a Champions League atmosphere on Thursday, and I think that's where he um, shows his best. Are you going to come in, Ben? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I, I just on the, the Isak Wilson point, and kind of to what Johnny was saying, I understand why Howes wanting to play Wilson because, as you say, he, he is. We spoke about this and. Carl last night coming back like Wilson is in the goal scoring form of his life in terms of the the goals he scored in April I think was a record for for the club at least anyway it's his best scoring season I understand how wanting to get 
both of the, the them two on the pitch because they are the goal getters and ultimately Isak hasn't scored in the last three. I mean, I know it's, he's playing out on the left, but <laughs> um, and it's it's a lot harder. See how um, many Callum Wilson gets from the left. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Though, you're right. though he takes the pen, so. you, you, yeah, exactly. You'd probably get loads. Well, you would probably get more because this like, who won the two pens who yesterday the pens, will yeah. win all the pen, even more pens, and Wilson will then step up and score. But I, I just think Wilson has been scoring from play as well before uh, the last two games as well. So he's probably thinking, we like goals is the most precious commodity in a match. You need goal scorers on the pitch, and I, I suppose it comes down to the, the lack of form from other players and the. He probably feels that lack of options. I think the problem is he doesn't trust Gordon at the minute, does he? Is the reality. That's why Gordon's not playing. He does not trust Gordon. He gave him his opportunity against Southampton, who are the worst team in the league. He did okay in the first half, but it wasn't enough to force the issue of him starting games. I'm, I'm pleased you brought that up, though, because it, how Newcastle got here is really interesting to me because you're right, Johnny, um, at Brentford and at Villa... Wilson comes on very well at half time at Brentford and pretty soon in the second half against Villa uh, and also at half time against Southampton. And it's almost like Wilson coming on and moving Isaac out to the left, uh, particularly against Southampton, saved us that game. But also, like you correctly say, it wasn't like that game was lost. It wasn't like Newcastle were bad. They were a bit off it in the first mm. half against Southampton, but they had like three really good goal scoring opportunities all felt. And they score against Runner Play. Yeah, they, they score a breakaway against Runner Play. And it just seems like. You know, the Southampton game wasn't it wasn't such a big problem that we had to change everything. Yeah. And and by changing everything, Isak on the left is changing everything. He's he is not. He doesn't offer he certainly obviously doesn't offer what Joe Linton offers when he plays in that position. He doesn't offer what ASM offers. And if you look at the the only kind of two good things in open play Newcastle did yesterday, um, that really threatened the goal, both came well from you know set pieces as well in terms of penalties was Isak winning penalties in the box. If mm. you play him play him on the left, and Howe has moved him inside yesterday after 20 yeah, minutes, yeah. so it's not like Eddie Howe doesn't recognise or believe this because he's taken that drastic option in-game. We, I'm convinced, will qualify for the Champions League. We're a good team. We're, we're, we can lose to... Class to, team. We're a class team. We can lose <laughs> to, to Brighton and still qualify for the Champions League. I'm, I don't think we'll lose to Brighton, but it just seems... I can't, apart from the fact that Callum Wilson's scoring lots of goals at the minute, but now hasn't got any in open play in two games since he's been put back in the team as centre forward. I just, I'm really worried about it. I'm worried that if he goes like this against Brighton, we'll have the same problem after 20 minutes and he's having to change everything. And it's just so unlike Eddie Howe. I think the, the problem as well, and to kind of come back to the, the points you've been making there though, like in the, all the scenarios you've said there, you, you're almost forcing players into the team out of position. So Joe Linton, for me, as well as he's done in that role, is not a left winger. And ultimately, you, you mentioned yourself, we've had poor games in that formation with with that that kind of makeup of the team. I agree, for me, Isak has to be through the middle because every everything he does in the middle touches the goal in terms of uh, the, the chances he creates. There's nothing to say if he's playing in the middle that he cannot drift out wide and kind of go, go in and pack the game and, and take players on from that. But... For me, the balance of the team isn't right when you're having to move so many shifts. And that's the problem we had yesterday was we go to a 4-4-2. We end up with a left side of Byrne and Joe Willick. Willick didn't have his best game yesterday. And we I felt like that was an opportunity to go in. We should have punished that that right side of Leeds in terms of Ailing and I think it was Rodrigo was playing ahead of him. We should have been good enough to, to create more opportunities from that. And that was the frustration for me in terms of when Maximan came on. We didn't exploit it enough in terms of we didn't get enough out of that left side. Now, I get like you're looking for answers to that, but ultimately for me, 
I, th I think the question with Gordon and Maximan is I think you have to play one of those two against Brighton because that is the natural position. They, they're just, it, I think you almost, it, if it's not Gordon, and I, I agree, you've spent 40 million on the lad, he needs an opportunity. He didn't do terribly against Southampton. The problem is he, he hasn't shown enough in games and that was frustrating me last night was when he comes on, he, he throws the game basically. He doesn't um, put anywhere and he doesn't come on with the right attitude in terms of, that when we lose the ball for that second goal, he's just messing about with it. And as you say, he's slow to release the ball, but at least you're putting the other, the, the main people I want in position as Joe Linton being able to do both sides of the pitch. And I think if he's up playing on the top left, he can't get back and help out with the defensive work, which is one of his strongest assets. And likewise with Bruno, you want Bruno on the ball as much because he is the playmaker. And I feel like obviously he played in like that eight role yesterday and the drop Joe Linton in the six at the start of the game. For me, that meant that Joe Linton was the one getting all of the ball. And I think you want Bruno in that position. He's the one that can pick the passes. Now, he's, that comes into then what his form is and stuff. That's another conversation. But I don't know. I just, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with having to play so many players out of position. And that comes to Isak playing on the left or Joe Linton or whatever. Like, I want them playing in their, their main positions. We'll, we'll, we'll move on, Kyle, then to Bruno, because we've done kind of 10 minutes there on Isak and Wilson. So... Your take on Bruno yesterday, because I actually thought he did all right, particularly at that 1-1 period he was running the game. I've since spoken to people, I've since read some stuff online. People are really concerned about his performances. What, what do you make of it? I thought he played all right. I thought he dictated tempo really well in games, picking out a couple of good passes and, and, and here and then to see the online um, opinions with like certain things on, on online. I was really like, I was baffled almost. I was like... How how do you how do you think he played so bad? Like, to be fair to Bruno, he is carrying an ankle injury, and I don't want to make excuses for him. Like, I don't, but he is trying to get towards the end of the season, uh, nursing that injury, and he's been he's been a phenomenal player this season for it. And like, if you consider what yesterday was as an off game as a bad game, then we're doing pretty all right because he dictated the game in the middle. Um, and he played really well, so I, I, I don't, I, I, I just don't see it on, on online. I don't think it's a, it's a major concern. Yes, he was poor against Arsenal, but I think in in a in a Newcastle shirt, I think that's the first bad performance from from Bruno, and he's been here for a year and a half nearly now. So, like, <laughs> we've got we've got a phenomenal player on my hands, and like just just stick with it. And people tend to forget as well without Bruno, because I've seen calls from to be dropped online, which are ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> like, for who? What, what, like, <laughs> Seriously, for Get who? Callum Wilson in midfield. <laughs> no, honestly, I've, I've, I've seen tweets of put Gordon in for, for Bruno, and it's like, <laughs> like, are you, like what the, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, people forget as well, we haven't won a game of football this season without, without Bruno. Yeah. And it's like, you need to rewind to how bad we've actually we actually looked when we didn't have Bruno. Like mm -hmm. we look lost. We look devoid of any confidence in the midfield. And yeah, the, the, you've got to stick with Bruno, man. Like you kind of like, just he's had he had a bad game against Arsenal, and he was all right yesterday. I, I, I don't I don't understand why he was. Why there, was there is there is an issue. There is an issue in terms of how he is protected by. Referees. Now he got booked for diving on the halfway line yesterday, which you don't you don't see very much. And, and granted, I haven't seen it back, and maybe it, maybe it was a dive. I don't know, but he was getting fouled. He was getting <laughs> pressured so often, snapping at ankles. You think Sam Aldice isn't telling his lads 
to to go okay. hard in the well, ankles. Well, look at that tackle from Philip yeah. I think, yesterday. It, and I just feel like he doesn't get, for some reason, compared to other players at top clubs, he doesn't get any protection from refs. And that might, and also teams know that if they pressure him and they put two men on him in the charge and when he's got the ball, Newcastle don't really have any other creative options at all. Mm-hmm. They have runners and they have power in Willock and Joe Linton, but they don't have creativity necessarily. And... Mm. So I'm, I'm not trying, again, I'm not trying to excuse Bruno. You know, he wasn't a 9 out of 10 yesterday. I thought he was a 7 out of 10, and that's okay. It was a six, five, six out of 10 performance from the team on a whole, and a five, six, ten out, five or 6 out of 10 result. I thought he was probably above that level. Some nice link-up with Almiron, which you expect. Some nice nice link-up with Kieran Trippier, which you expect. Well, it's, it's his true ball for Isak for the, the, the pen. So, yeah, we're not down on Bruno. But, Johnny, the I suppose one of the striking things about the last couple of weeks, perhaps, is do we look a bit short of ideas to quit, to break teams down? Um, at times, at times. We, we certainly did against, I think, Arsenal after the, obviously the penalty decision. But yesterday, we didn't really test their goalkeeper at all. The only thing I would say on that quickly, John, is we created a lot more chances against Arsenal than we did yesterday. We did, but I, th- I, I, I would say that last week, it, I felt like we, we weren't really breaking Arsenal down too much. Like, I think like, if you look at the chances we had... One of them was a set piece in the second half against Arsenal where Fabian Cher has that header and the other one was a, a cross from the right. I, I, I don't think we actually kind of broke Arsenal in, in, like, with, with a bit of strategy where yesterday we, did, we lacked so many different ideas. I, I, you've got a goalkeeper in Joel Robles who hasn't really played a game of football for God knows how long since he played against Manchester City last week when the other keepers has had an absolute mare now. We didn't really test him at all. No. We really didn't test him. Like he, He's always he had two penalties to save and Wilson put them both away. Maxim's had a shot. Fabian Scher's had a volley. Why are we not why are we not having a right go this keeper? Like have a few shots early on, even even for just like little well, there, was a good, there was a good start in the thing in the press conference on Friday where it was put to how that Newcastle have scored more goals from outside the box this season but have had the fewer shots than anyone else, which is a really mad statistic, <laughs> um if I've if I've heard that right. But but I but I agree with you and I suppose one of the issues that Newcastle have is teams have teams have got a way of playing against us. They don't really press as high. They, they, they'll press us really aggressively until the halfway line, but they're pretty much content to let Burn, um, Shaw, and Bartman have the ball in our own half. Yeah, they might you know lead to a little bit of higher stuff from goal kicks. Yesterday, Newcastle actually got through that very easily in the first half when he bothered with it. And then the second half just gave up. And Arsenal were the same. Arsenal came to St James's Park and basically plays like Leeds and Bournemouth did, where it's same thing. They made it, when our back three have the ball, the, those three players, they look up and there's just nothing in front of them. And our midfield players have to come deeper and deeper and deeper, and the forward players have to come deeper and deeper and deeper. And the game gets kind of bunched up in this middle of the pitch. Now, the solution to that previously that Newcastle have had, particularly against Southampton and other teams, is keep a man out wide left. Fabian Shaw over the top runs in behind. And you saw that a little bit yesterday with Anthony Gordon at the end. That was the solution. And, and he's, un, mm-hmm. he's unlucky, actually. He's unlucky that A, he gets fouled and the other player gets sent off, but so late in the game and the referee added so little injury time on. It was six minutes, but in terms of the breaks in play for the game, it was a pathetic amount of injury time. Um, so Newcastle do have solutions to it, and that's where we also miss Joe Linton playing further up because he's the master at receiving those balls from Fabian Scher and turning them into goals or at least chances or territory. I I think that the, the home games are, are perfectly timed. You know, Newcastle are fortunate that it's two home games in a row now even if you mess up against Brighton, which I'm not saying we will, 
But if you draw against Brighton, you can put it right against Leicester on the Monday, then you just need potentially a point, depending on how Liverpool get on, or three points uh, against Chelsea on the final day. But it, but it is a concern, and it's something that Newcastle have to address in the summer. John Joe Shelby leaving looks like good business now because he's banished from Nottingham Forest. What a fucking nightmare he's had there. But in terms of what Newcastle needed in the window, it probably wasn't another winger, and it probably was a cre- either a creative midfielder or a proper defensive midfielder that allowed Bruno to play further forward. But it's a concern. I don't think it's going to be fixed before the end of the season. Like you correctly say, Johnny, that keeper's had a bit of a day off yesterday, apart from the penalties. That's just all I was going to add is that our most creative player apparently should be dropped on Twitter. Bruno. <laughs> Which is just bonkers. I don't think that's real, you know. No, I'm, I'm not going to give that opinion any credence. No, no I, I, I say I'm being a bit tongue-in-cheek there, but Bruno is still by far our most creative player on that team. And... Kyle's right. You don't have them in that team. Newcastle don't win games of football. That's how important he is for Newcastle. And if we had two or three, who knows? So obviously, that, that you have different options. But we are playing with a very with a bare thin squad. And let's be honest, not many three of us. three three left backs. The bench yesterday. I know. It's, it was like you looked at that bench yesterday and you thought, well, you've got Max. He's, he's he'll do some damage. Gordon, you don't know. But he needs to get. He needs something to fall for him, but. It just shows it. It just shows a, a a lot that, for me, the only worrying thing that I heard in the press conference, and I don't know how true this is. This how true this is that Matt Ritchie and Paul Dummett may still get new contracts next season. We need we need better players. We need better players if we're going to move on and move forward. But um, going back going back to yesterday, we just the, the the only thing that I would I would say I think we're becoming a bit predictable. I think it. We, we know what Joe Willett can give you. We know what Joe Linton can give you. And I think I think it, it probably wouldn't have taken too much time for Leeds' scouting team to go right. These this is what you need to do. You need to press Bruno. You need to don't let them have the time to you know dictate the play, which I think he did at times yesterday. But if you if you if they watch the Arsenal game, that's what you need to do. You need to almost have to someone to man mark Bruno. Um, I think on. I think that's been the case all season though. And I, I was thinking that early, earlier on in the season when we had that kind of poor poor run. I'm using uh, quotation marks there because. It wasn't like we were getting battered every week or whatever, but um, I felt like that was the issue was that teams had worked out how to play, but then we, we came roaring back and went on a ridiculous run. And I, I suppose that's where, coming back to him, you kind of want Maximan on the pitch because he is kind of the the, the joker. Like, he is the, the kind of unpredictability that you, you add. Um, but it is an interesting point, and, and as you it kind of let you go it, on. It, but Well, so it makes me laugh a little bit that... Eddie Howe didn't want to lose anyone this January, I don't mm. think. Whilst accepting one, the move was good for both players, and two, financial fair play dictated he had to get someone out to bring people in for wages or income and transfer money or whatever. But You're it is say Chris Wood on I'm, the left. I'm say, well, not on the left, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, not on the left. But it is it is quite funny now that when, when teams sit deep in against us like this, we kind of have these kind of slow build-ups, and the ball eventually either comes to, to Trippier, and then it was actually Willock on the other side for the second penalty we're now kind of dinking balls into the back post getting crosses in <laughs> after playing Chris Wood for a year without putting a single cross into him pretty much um but that is just football and I'm sure you know Eddie Howe not everyone loved Chris Wood Eddie Howe definitely didn't want to lose him um he would have been another option like you said Johnny I, th- I think your squad depth point is is a brilliant one because our Champions League rivals right now don't have three left backs on the bench plus Javier Manquillo so four full backs it's just it, 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 it Howe doesn't have options Others do, particularly, you know, particularly. Isn't that mad areas. though, right? Because we've got a bare thin squad. We're talking about a bare thin squad, but further than the table. Like a good summer 
<laughs> when we fill out the squad a bit more. Obviously, I know Matt Ritchie and Dummer getting contracts, but I think it's more of a like the, the senior players and the like thingy around the training ground that I don't think they'll actually play or actually get squad numbers next season. I just think it's just one of them where they help out the under twenty threes and the an influence on good the training characters. ground. Um, yeah, good <laughs> to quote Brendan Rodgers, but like, <laughs> yeah, um, great technicians. <laughs> get them round. Uh, Matt Ritchie does everyone's lucky. All the new players get a, a free <laughs> tune up from uh, Matt Ritchie. But honestly, that's a scary thing. Like. If we do add a couple of midfielders that are Bruno level quality in the summer, next season I worry for teams because they're gonna <laughs> like because we have been limited in what we've been able to do. Because as Ben rightly said before, there is runs of runs of games where we've been predictable and and stuff like that. But we'll go, tend to go on runs. But next season, get a couple of players in. Honestly, we'll be alright. Can I just quickly say one thing? It makes me laugh. We had three left backs on the bench in the first position that we probably need to strengthen as a left back. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave it there for, for part two back with part three after this advert from Charlotte for Shopify. You should know what that means already. That's the best kind of notification. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment another business dream becomes a reality. Shopify is the e-commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling succulents or stilettos, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What's incredible to me personally, Charlotte, about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash truefaith or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash truefaith to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash truefaith. Ben, I want to talk to you about the defence, mate. Now, Newcastle, I'm looking down the Premier League table. We now, it looks like uh, we are now the joint best defence in the league with Manchester City after conceding two years to have to be in the best defence for so long. <laughs> What's going on defensively? We just, we just, we just don't look as, um, as good. Yeah, I mean, the first goal yesterday... I mean, I had to watch it back last night a couple of times just to work out how Leeds end up with three players basically marked in the box. Um, and it's not even good movement. Like, I, I yeah. don't know what they're playing at. Botman and Byrne basically have... They've only got Rodrigo... At the time, the ball is out wide with Bamford. They've only got Rodrigo in the box, really. And neither of them really take their responsibility for him. Um, I was disappointed that Trippier allowed Bamford to get the ball down and stick it in the box. That, for me has always been one of Newcastle's Achilles heels as we just let teams put the ball in the box. Um, however, we've got 
the the best defensive record <laughs> for a good reason is that we're brilliant at defending but headers. Do, do, I've just checked something. Bamford is left footed, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought Trippier forgot that because he let <laughs> well, some no, shift no, onto his he, left. He left. He puts the ball in on on his right. Oh, he cuts he? back and crosses on his right. Because it is strange that, yeah, that yeah. Trippier almost makes no attempt at yeah, stopping yeah. cross. He's, Trippier goes to stop him on his left and he cuts back and whips it in on his right. And it, to be fair to Bamford, it's a good ball in on his weaker foot. But like it shouldn't have been because that should have been on the head of Dan Byrne or Botman, whoever decides to take Rodrigo. But, but, but Byrne ends up, like when the ball is headed, Byrne is almost crouching down. I just, I'm serious. I, I don't know what. Yeah, Byrne, he's still six foot when he I, does I that. I don't know what. Burn, he, I don't know what Byrne was doing. I don't know what. Yeah, like, he, I think he realised because the, the ball comes in, it gets caught between the two of them. He goes, he goes down on his knees when he's lost the header. But my my point is, is you've got Weston McKinney comes in completely unchallenged as well from the midfield. So again, that's another issue. But he comes in at, and basically him and Rodrigo are fighting for the header. How either of those players has got a chance to win that header between Botman and Byrne is a disgrace. But Botman's movement for that, I think he made the mistake in terms of he's the, the the front player who just gets caught under the ball. Byrne is obviously meant to be kind of defending the back post. And I think he should really come and take Rodrigo in the end, but he doesn't. And then we've got Isak just watching Luke Aylin kind of... Do it like, I'd be happy... It's not Isak's fault. Never to like, see Isak in our own box again. But yeah, it's like, it was just such a bad... It was poor communication, and I just don't understand how uh, between Ben and Bob so and what, neither of them gets the head on. Because time is against us, what, what's the issue, do you think? Is there an well, issue? I mean, to be honest, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head in terms of the first position to fix. I think Byrne is starting to lose his effectiveness in the team. If he's not winning headers, then what is he in the team for? And that is my concern is that um, I think we struggled at times yesterday in terms of the build-up play. I mean, Joe Willock just refuses to pass the ball to Dan Byrne when we're in possession. So it's like, what is he wasting his time making those runs forward for if he's not going to get the ball? Um, it, it's a strange one for me. I, I probably want to see Target come back in against Brighton because as well, Brighton haven't got tall attackers in terms of um, the wingers. If if it's, if it's he's there to win aerial battles against wingers, I don't think you need Dan Byrne in there to, to kind of um, get rid of that. And I just think his lack of mobility sometimes limits us. He's, he's not as good on the ball in terms of teams will let the ball get to him and then they press us. There was a couple of times yesterday where... Um, early on, Rodrigo went like herring for for Burn because um, they know if you can catch him on the yeah, ball, is what Villa did very quickly. There's, a, there's, there's an opportunity there. So for me, I don't think. It, by the way, it's not all Dan Burn's fault. I, I think it was just Botman had a, a poor game yesterday in terms of he, he wasn't wasn't as effective. I thought um, uh, what's the strike called Bamford actually gave Shaw and Botman some some problems yesterday. Um, and I don't know if that was just they weren't up for it. I don't know if it's the aggressive point, which we'll come on to. Um, there's, well, there's a well few we're running out of time, but... so we'll have to, you'll have to come on to it now if you want to make it. Well, just just on on that, I think I've been really frustrated with the, the refereeing decisions in the last few weeks. Um, it started at Villa, where they were hyper-aggressive against Newcastle. They were flying at tackles. There was a, a tackle from Ashley Young, which I haven't seen it back, but <laughs> at the time I thought, flipping heck, he's gone in like knee-height on... Um, I can't remember who it was. It was on, on the left wing. And it didn't even get a foul. It went out for, I think, and they got a f- throw in. And you've, you've seen it in the last three games. And it was happening again yesterday, especially to Maximan against Dalen. They're allowed to be all over the players. I mean, the, the Bruno dive is because he's trying not to get his leg broken by the, the guy flying in. The actual tackle from Firpo nearly could have been a leg breaker. 
we're not getting the protection from the referees and they're allowing teams to be hyper-aggressive against us, but then referee us differently. When we try and go body-to-body -body with people, they're getting free kicks for fun and it's just, it's killing us because we can't then play our physical game, which is one of our strengths. Where, I mean, we've got a big team and I think that's where the defence come in. You've got Byrne, Botman and Shaw that all want to be bodying players and, and making contact and putting contact on the players. They can't do it now because we're just giving away that free kicks and... Um, the, the referees are really, really like hamstring going to stare in terms of um, it was noticeable, uh, you know. And again, you know, blinkers, glasses on, wearing the away end, we're, you know, we're unhappy. The ref shite, all of this kind of stuff. But I, I do agree with you, Ben. That and it was the same against Arsenal last week, yeah. where teams are allowed to be physical against us, but because we have, for some reason, rightly or wrongly, a reputation as a physical team. As soon as there's contact on a player, particularly if it's on the wrong side and the player falls over, maybe we're not smart enough. I don't know. Maybe this is other teams worked us out a bit, worked out how to play the referee as well as playing us. I don't know. But it, it, yesterday it was like we were in the way and thinking, why is Botman letting the ball bounce there? Why isn't he going back to back, uh, you know, front to back against Botman? Why, you know, why are these things happening? And, and then Bamford, sorry. And then, and then actually, you know, like you say, um, ASM against Ailing was a great one where Ailing's all over him. You know the the lead centre backs are all over Wilson, but when our centre backs do it, it's like a free kick, free kick, free kick. I don't know, Lance. Are we are we yeah, conspiratorial? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it comes to something when we get two penalties, the opposition gets a player <laughs> sent off, and the referee is still awful. Like, it, it, it genuinely, like, he just seemed to kill the game at every given opportunity. And like, it came to something when the Leeds fans are singing, uh, "The referee's a wanker," and we join in, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> it's like it just kills every single game and it just seems it, honestly it just seems like something that we'll talk about every single week with the referees and yeah it's, it, it's killing me like we've among the media we've got this reputation to be an anti-football time waste and physical side and like but the second anybody does it to us it's it's allowed like the amount of time Robles the goalkeeper time wasted and the, the referee's just as if he's walking the dog and it's like you're not there doing anything a, about it. Like there was a point yesterday, out. Kyle, where I think I think this is at two two, and and they had a free kick on the far side to us, but at our end of the pitch where the away end was, and Robles walked away from the ball, and I turned around to Ben and I said, "What am I what what, what am I doing here? Why have I paid thirty pounds to come and attend an event to watch one of the protagonists walk away from the football?" When it's his time to kick the football from a free kick, you know, like how and is the referee? The referee he was in the stand for the second uh, penalty. Yeah, how yeah. is the referee allow, allowing this like mental thing where the, where the, not only is he wasting time, he's literally walking in the wrong direction to the ball, and the referee just responds by having a look at his watch. Like the time wasting thing, it is mental that the discourse this week in a game when Newcastle wasted no time against Arsenal, the discourse in in mainstream and traditional media predominantly was about Newcastle time wasting. That's probably a conversation for us to have at the end of the season because it's fucking mental. And, and you saw it again yesterday where, where Leeds were allowed to just take, you know, Newcastle, Newcastle had two players booked before Leeds. They had Bruno and Wilson booked despite Leeds going in hard in Newcastle all game and also wasting far more time than Newcastle, but it was Newcastle who were punished. And we didn't get the time back in injury time. And we time didn't get the either. time back. Because the time wasted in injury time and he blew what seemed to be really early uh, in consideration of the time that should have been added on, but... Anyway, that's the referees. <laughs> I, I, I'm just sick of referees. I'm, I, I, like, I'm, I'm done for this season with referees. I really, really am. Um, Three more games to go, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I will say is 
he probably got both penalty decisions right in terms of the both in the first half. The second mm-hmm. half, I didn't see the handball live. He, Isak's the only one who saw the handball. Yeah, so like, no, no, none of the players react. The away end doesn't react. No. <laughs> it's right next to me, he, did, to be fair. As soon as, he does, as soon as he does react, handball, handball, it's definitely handball. I've seen that. <laughs> Same against Forrest, wasn't it? Like the strength of his conviction is going to get the penalty. But to be fair, you, I, you could see him lip read 100%, 100% handball. And I was like, fair play if he thinks that I'm going to trust him. But there's uh, more. <laughs> no, my biggest problem, and I know this is so people saying this is hypocritical from a Newcastle fan point of view, but Robles, his time wasting was absolutely ridiculous. Patting the crossbar, making sure that Leeds fans were still awake. You know what I mean? Like, you know, banging his studs across the post, going, right, where am I going to hit it? Ref, am I allowed to take it now? Yep, no problem. Right, let's give myself 10 seconds to stretch and then take the goal kick. I'm thinking, this is just ridiculous. Like, I, like, I know we've probably done a bit of time wasting with goal kicks, but that was just different level. And there's, there's two ways. Well, there's one way you stop it. Book him. Yeah. Book him first time. The second pen, after he's booked, it still takes about another minute because he then starts, like, what he, he takes a step out and starts roaring at Wilson. I don't know what he's doing. I think you said... Yeah, honestly, he should have been sent off. You, think, you, you were saying he thinks he's Emmy Martinez. Like, his antics were bizarre. Like, I mean, the bloke wants to be checked for, like, he might need sectioning or something. But, like, it was just... <laughs> it was embarrassing that the ref, like, after booking him for doing what he was doing, the antics, yeah, and then, allowing, then allowed him yeah. to do it again. And it's like, so what, what was the point in the yellow card, mate? And the problem is he didn't have the strength in his conviction to send him off. If he sends him off... He, like there's no one to blame but Robles because you say well you, I, I warned you and you carried on doing it but they, they just won't do it 2-2 two, two to the referee that's yeah. how it finished Aye. quickly lads then to finish the show go around the table Johnny still hyper confident of Champions League football next season or is it dimmed a little <sighs> Tom Skinner will start to get a little bit nervy it is <laughs> isn't it that, that is starting to get a little bit nervy but it is still in their own hands the one thing I will say is I'm not massively panicking because four points clear of Liverpool in fifth with three games to go with a better goal difference. Now, if someone said that to me two months ago, three months ago, I'd have gone, yeah, more than happy with that. Definitely. I, I, I do think that the next week is really, really important. I think knowing that we've got, like I say, us and Liverpool, like Liverpool play Monday, Monday and Saturday. We play Thursday, Thursday, Monday. Man United's almost irrelevant now because it doesn't really matter what they do to an extent, because Liverpool are fifth. Liverpool are the one that we need to be watching. Like Liverpool have got, I think Liverpool have got a tough game on Monday night against Leicester. I, don't, I think Leicester... Well, Leeds proved that these teams are shit away from home, but if you're a relegation battling team at home with the la- in the last couple of games of the season, there's there's rarely a, an easy game. Yeah, exactly. And I think look, Leicester need a performance now because of the, the fact that you know, Nottingham Forest picked up a good point. Leeds picked up a good point. It, it, then they need a win, or they need at least something from the game. And what sounds so stupid? If, if if Leicester do beat Liverpool on Monday night and we beat Brighton, that's it. It's done. That's how quickly things can change. Um, if you ha- if I had put my money on it, I still think Newcastle will finish in the Champions League places because the fixtures are kind. But I think for the whole fan base, <laughs> especially the fans online, relax, enjoy the game on Thursday. Let's just enjoy the ride and flourish every opportunity. Let's make Thursday an unbelievable atmosphere, and let's push the let's push the lads over the line if we have to, because this team deserves to be playing Champions League football. From what we've seen, thirty-five games in the season, just need to show it for a couple more games. Totally agree with Johnny. Like, just enjoy the ride. Like, I think we sat around the table before the like just before the start of the season. What's your predictions, lads, for the start of the season? And it's like. Our, our Satyan says eighth in the cup run, maybe, like, at the very best. And I felt guilty for saying that for, like, 
the like the previous seasons and like it's proper it, it just feels like a dreamland like you know what i mean like it just it's 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 nice to be able to go into the last three games with the pressure of either europa league or champions league because it's usually relegation or not relegation <laughs> and it's 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 just nice i'm gonna enjoy it thursday as johnny says make it a wonderful night it could all be done by then because leicester have a, an amazing opportunity to put everton and leeds in the bottom three and put us in the Champions League as well. Like, <laughs> war Leicester the more, aren't we? Like, uh, do, you know, uh, do you know what? I've always been a big fan of Jamie Vardy and his missus. And yeah, yeah. On a, <laughs> massive like, fan. She's not a grass. She's not. <laughs> she's a lovely human, human being. But, uh, <laughs> uh, like, honestly, like, it's it's been a, an amazing season. Probably the best one I've seen. Like, obviously, younger, like, I'm a younger supporter, so I didn't, I missed the entertainers just. And it's the best season I've seen, like, in terms of, the amount of like memories that have been made and making a cup final like crazy like if you had offered top top six in a cup final at the start of the season I would have been I would have laughed at you because I don't think it would be possible like anything's possible with Newcastle and this team but like I just thought that was maybe a couple of years away so for me I'm gonna enjoy the last three games minimum like at the very worst we'll be playing Europa League football next season and you know what that isn't a bad thing because with a couple of signings Newcastle could easily try and be one of the main teams to go and win that next season so yeah if if if, if we get champions league great but if we get europa league great like honestly it's a lovely position to be and i'd rather be in this position than where we were a couple of years ago under steve bruce like training twice a week and <laughs> injuries left right and center and, and just miserable all the time and hating to watch a newcastle united but like yeah it's just a nice place to be in enjoy the ride uh, we're getting top four, don't worry. It's happening. Um, I mean, the, the home. The, if you, Eddie Howe answered it himself, I think, in the, the press conference yesterday. If you'd have given him two two home games to secure anything, um, you, you take it with this team. We've been so good at home all season. We've already lost two games. Um, we're, we're, I, I just feel like we're, we're we're a different animal at home. Um, the atmosphere is going to be incredible because obviously, we, we, we as a fan base, we know what's at stake. Um, it's a night game against Brighton, who are um, trying to be our rivals anyway. Um, so it's a it's a big occasion, and um, there's a lot at stake for for the for the team. And I, I just I, I just 100 back the the lads to get the job done. So I think uh, we'll beat Brighton and we'll beat Leicester, and and then we'll we can have a jolly in uh, London for the last day. I mean, if Leicester beat Liverpool or draw to Liverpool, this Brighton game becomes our game in hand to confirm Champions League. So yeah. You know, it could get even bigger. I think what's really interesting, very, very quickly, I think it was the first time Eddie Howe mentioned it yesterday because mm. it was because we're so close to the end of the season. I thought, oh, that's an interesting thing, the fact that you're mentioning it now. So, yeah, Thursday will be great, but come on, Lester. Dare to dream. You, you, all, you all used the right word there, and that's enjoy. We don't have to look at Thursday as this, you know, ridiculously pressure-filled occasion. And I, and I imagine, I don't know, that Eddie Howe might say this to the players, like, you got two home games here to show what you can do, and if you and if you if you are able to demonstrate what we all know you are capable of, you will be in the Champions League come next Monday night, ten p.m. It is going to happen. Go out there, enjoy it as fans. We shouldn't get nervous. We shouldn't do the. I think we're now um, guaranteed a top six place. Brighton have a little bit to play. We're going to do a full Brighton preview, of course, this week on on our Patreon platform. But Brighton have a little bit to play for because they ahead of their game in Arsenal, they're down in eighth place actually, but fifty five points. But a win would take them into the top six and Europa League football. So they have lots to play for. At Arsenal, 
today. If they lose today, you know, Newcastle becomes a big game as well for them to, to have a kind of last chance of Champions League football. But let's just enjoy it. Let's get up for it. I'm really pleased that we'll play again quite quickly. It should be a lovely seven or eight days or so now. Newcastle are class. I'm not worried at all. We are the third best team in this league. I'm convinced of that. And I think we'll win the last three games of the season. And disappointing to not beat Leeds, but to pick up a point when you don't play well and trying circumstances and all that kind of stuff. It's not the end of the world. We will be back on this podcast uh, late on Thursday night, immediately after the Brighton game. We will record in this office. Uh, we've got loads coming up before then on our Patreon platform. Come and join us between three and eight pounds a month. We would love to have you along. Thanks to you three lads for your time. Really appreciate it. Speak to you all very soon. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.